What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of the Blatant Homerism podcast, part of Sewer Sports Radio and the V-Sporto Network. Uh, I figured we'd uh, take a look at uh, what's going on uh, up north of Norman in Stillwater uh, with the Bedlam rivals, Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, this is a team that's seen uh, kind of nationally as one of the you know, potential sleepers out there on the national scene. So I figured uh, I'd call up uh, Kyle Fredrickson from NewsOK.com, uh, OSU Beat Reporter, Fill us in on uh, everything that's going on with Mike Gundy's team. So let's welcome him on. Kyle, how are you doing? Hey, Alan. I'm, I'm doing really good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on to uh, get us started here. It's pretty amazing. The, uh, the football season is almost upon us. Oh gosh, I know it's uh, it, it you know it really has been a pretty fast off season actually, and uh, you know things changed really quickly for Oklahoma State at the end of last season, uh, given how things finished up there with uh, with uh, that upset win at Oklahoma, uh, then getting the bowl win over Washington. Uh, you know what can you can you describe maybe just the change in in mood or attitude around the program uh, in that period of time? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable, you know, how much really changed um, for the OSU football program in so many different facets. Um, after that Bedlam victory, it, it's almost like the light switch turned on for this team um, after losing five straight, um, you know, and, and a lot of people <clears throat> will look at the struggles of that OSU team during that stretch. Um, you know, the offensive line play was poor, Dax Garman, uh, you know, his inability to kind of make plays outside of the pocket and, you know, really thriving this offense against good defenses really started to show up. But more than anything, they were just so young, and when you lose that many times in a row, I, I think it gets in your head to a certain point. So for them to go on the road and beat OU, I think, changed really everything for the team. Uh, Mike Gundy's demeanor, um, players' confidence. Um, obviously, with, with the rise in Mason Rudolph, it, it gave him, I think, a little bit of that, that edge early in his career where he could build off something uh, very real to, to, to gain more confidence and understanding of this offense and, and being a leader and being such a young guy, um, that all these guys really came together and, and became more of a team. And I think that's what we saw in a, in a pretty hard-fought Cactus Bowl victory. So uh, with so many pieces returning, I mean, it, it's really just a, a product of, of those past two wins and, and a lot of, you know, talented guys coming back. Uh, for the reason, you know, like you said, this is a team that a lot of people think uh, might be a sleeper in this league. So uh, optimism is at an all-time high, but these guys are still really young. So uh, it should be interesting to Yeah. Uh, how would you describe uh, Mike Gundy's kind of demeanor? I mean, uh, it seems like he's been more uh, chipper and uh, forthcoming and everything this, uh, this, this uh, preseason, set preseason practices than, than at least I can remember. Yeah, you know, it's 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 amazing how much more calm and confident 
um, a coach is when he knows that his quarterback situation is, is squared away. Um, you know, just the, the fact that he has so much confidence in Mason Rudolph, and, and I think he, you know, really likes the improvement that he's seen as young players, um, that he's kind of gone back to that, you know, 2005-2006 Gundy, who was very well liked by the media and, and, and really was an outspoken guy that, that you know, the, the reporters really enjoyed talking to. Um, you know, it was it was definitely weird at times in the season with with how his attitude shifted and and kind of some awkward press conferences and, and strange situations. But um, like you said, you know, this is a this is a guy who's really rid the momentum of the team um, and used that to increase uh, his public image. You know, him making up with Boone Pickens and and, and all the things that he's been telling us and and you know media sessions um, have kind of reversed a lot of those thoughts uh, that people had about him earlier in the year and. You know, for a guy entering now his 11th year at the same team, wow, yeah. um, you know, you, you figure he's going to run into those issues every once in a while where, you know, he gets a bad, in a bad mood and, and he, you know, it's, you know, there's a lot of pressure in that job. So, uh, but, you know, like you said, he's, uh, he's come back and, and really has been that guy that OSU fans can really uh, learn to love and appreciate again. Hey, folks, want to take a quick second to tell you all about our new sponsor here, SeatGeek. We're already in mid-August, and that means uh, we're mere weeks away from the kickoff of football season. I know right now that you want to go uh, to at least one game this fall, right? So start looking for your tickets. Check out SeatGeek. Uh, it's the best way for fans to save on Oklahoma football tickets, and it is 100% free. The SeatGeek app aggregates tickets from major ticket sites online and then puts them all in one place to make comparison shopping for tickets easy. Uh, think about Kayak.com uh, for sports and concert tickets. So when you're ready to buy your tickets, you can snag a great deal right from your phone with just two taps on the app. There's really no better way to find Oklahoma football tickets this season. SeatGeek also has technology called DealScore that calculates what every ticket in the building is worth and whether the price you might pay for that ticket is a good deal or a bad deal. Uh, good deals are represented as big green dots on the map. Bad deals are shown as small red dots. And that makes it easy to see at a glance which tickets will save you the most money. No other ticketing app has features like this. Uh, this week only, use the promo code Sooners in the SeatGeek app and get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. It'll take less than a minute to download the app today. So to redeem your promo code and save $20 on tickets, download the free SeatGeek app and enter the promo code Sooners in the app. SeatGeek will then send you $20 once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase. So download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code Sooners today. The SeatGeek app is your ticket to Oklahoma football tickets. Now back to the show. You mentioned how comfortable he is with the quarterback situation. Uh, that was kind of uh, seen, I think, in a lot of uh, a lot of ways, is what's obviously sparked uh, OSU down the stretch. Because you mentioned they had they had really five games where they lost by uh, at least three touchdowns right there in a row. And, uh, you know, Rudolph came in there against Baylor and, you know, even though uh, Oklahoma State, you know, lost the game pretty decisively, they actually moved the ball better, I think, than anybody expected. They played just in general better. I mean, uh, you know, was that with Rudolph? I mean, does he have legitimate kind of star potential or, uh, you know, was it just kind of a case of, well, he was a lot better than what they had before? Um, you know, I think that's the really big question of the season. Um, you know, as much as um, Gundy is going to talk glowingly about Rudolph, he's always very quick to say, hey, you know, this is a guy who's only 
played in three games in his entire college career. So, you know, before we crown him as the, the next big thing at OSU, um, you know, I think it's important for, for people to realize that, you know, you need these non-conference games early in the year uh, to continue to grow comfortable in this offense and, and to continue to, to learn his role and, and, you know, of course do all the things that he did well last year. Um, but to continue to build on that. And, and obviously, you know, watching the Bedlam games and, and the Cactus Bowl games and even parts of the Baylor game, um, you know, he really showed all the tools that you need to thrive in a spread offense. You know, he's got the big arm. He's able to make plays on his feet when he needs to. Um, you know, he's a big, strong guy who can brush off defenders. Um, you know, and he was a young freshman who took a lot of big hits and was able to bounce right back up. So, you know, they love all the little things that he did. Uh, being such a young player, and I think that's why there's a lot of buzz around the guy. You know, the, is, if this team can really start winning some games and, and go on a run, I mean, Mason Rudolph is, is going to get inserted into that conversation as you know some of the best quarterbacks in the country. I think just because he's you know six four and he has that frame and, and he just looks like a guy who could build into an NFL caliber type player. But you know, like I said, you know, before we get all the way down there, you know, it's, it's, it's three games, it's, it's three impressive performances. Um, but, you know, this is really kind of his turn to, to showcase and, and see if he can be that guy. Yeah, and where that, uh, you know, the, I guess one of the big things that uh, will impact how well he uh, does kind of mature and grow is what he has going on around him. I mean, one of the uh, one of one of the reasons that I'm somewhat uh, hesitant to buy in in a lot of ways with the national kind of uh, love for this team is that uh, they don't seem to me to have the same kinds of weapons uh, at the skill positions that you're, you've been accustomed to. I mean, especially with uh, Tariq Hill uh, obviously getting thrown off the team last year at the end of the season. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if I see the guys, you know, the, like the Justin Blackmans or the Josh right. Stewart. Uh, you know, I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, you know, there, there, you know, as much as there is optimism, like you said, there is some unknowns in in the rushing game, and, and with you know, without having really that one big name receiver, like you know, the the 2011 team, and you know, the Blackmans and the Des Bryant's that, that this offense is known for. But you know, they like the young guys they have. I'll, I'll say that. Um, you know, in, in the run game, you know, the offensive line was really the team's biggest issue all year long. Um, you know, they I don't even think they averaged you know four yards a carry. They were near the bottom of the league. Um, you know, even with a guy like Tyree Kill, um, they weren't able to move the ball all that well. Now, they return a lot of guys, and, and they're optimistic about the progress of the young guys. Uh, you know, they brought in a, a junior college transfer running back and Chris Carson, who's a former Georgia commit, who looks the part of an all-purpose back but hasn't played at this level, so it's, it's really hard to say. Um, and in the passing game, you know, like you said, they, they don't have that star, but they got a ton of guys coming back that they trust. Um, you know, David Glidden is a, is a guy in the spot of, out of Mustang High School that they really like and is a very smart player, can, can get open. Um, on the edges, you know, uh, Brandon Shepard, James Washington, uh, you know, a couple guys who have shown some good leaping ability and, and the ability to make plays. Um, you know, so I don't think they're concerned about the receivers all that much. You know, there's definitely some things to be questioned about in the running game. Um, but, you know, there's going to need to be one or two guys to really emerge as stars um, if this team is going to make a run at the league this year. The offensive line, you touched on it there for a minute, but uh, this was a group that was really, really bad last year. Yeah, um, it, it was ugly. Yeah. I mean, was that just a, a function of losing Joe Wickline? Was it about the guys who were there? Uh, what are they doing to uh, shore things up? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, you make a good point with talking about Wickline. You know, that's something that we wrote about, especially early on in the year, you know, being that, 
you know, Wick was here for nine seasons and established himself as really one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. Um, and, you know, I think one of the reasons that he was ready to maybe go at that point was the group that they brought back this year, that this past year was just incredibly young. Um, you know, guys who are really first-time starters across the board, all underclassmen, save for, um, you know, a, a junior college guard and, a, you know, a senior and uh, a senior tackle, excuse me, um, you know, who were, who were good players, but not, you know, those NFL caliber guys that, you know, OSU has just had over the years every once in a while. So you have a new position coach, a bunch of young guys. Um, you know, Desmond Rowland at running back is, is a good back, but he, he needs the help of a good offensive line to really flourish. He, he's not really a make-you-miss kind of guy. So you put in all those factors, and it just it really went downhill fast. He was very critical of the group all year long. Um, but a big reason that they're optimistic moving forward is that they found their guy at center late in the year, Brad Lundblade. Um, he was a true freshman, but he really took over the spot, and they like him. Uh, you know, when, when UAB's football program shut down, the Cowboys were able to land one of their less tackles as a two-year starter, um, and they've just Mike Gundy has really raved about him, really calling him a, you know, a key piece um, of this offense, not just the line um, in terms of how much success they're going to have. Um, so they like the group, you know, and, and they bring in, once again, they have another new position coach, uh, Greg Atkins. You know, he was coaching tight ends at the Buffalo Bills last year and, and brings a ton of knowledge, you know, spent a ton of years in the, the SEC um, recruiting and, and, and coaching at the college level. So they really like all the pieces, but, you know, as, as much as there is some optimism there, they're going to have to prove it, you know, come October and November during conference play because that's really when this team got exploited last year um, because they were able to kind of mask those problems in the non-conference. Uh, but when it mattered most against the best players, they didn't have a chance. So that's that's really when we're going to find out about this group. Looking at the other side of the ball, the defense, uh, to me, you know, the big name here obviously is Emmanuel Ogba, uh, one of the best pass rushers not only in the Big 12, but probably in the uh, in the in the country. Uh, right. You know, how how what does he do for that defensive line? And, and, and what about the guys who are around him? Yeah, you know, Ogba's a guy who's just really long and strong and, and, and fits that prototypical kind of NFL uh, kind of pass rusher guy and exploded on the scene last year. I don't, I don't even think even his position coaches, you know, thought he was going to have the kind of breakout year that he does, that, that he did end up having. Um, but, you know, and that's part of the reason I think he had a lot of success, especially early, is that teams weren't necessarily game planning for him. Um, but after this past season, I mean, every single – um, you know, uh, offensive line meeting, uh, you know, against the Cowboys. Those teams are going to have Ogba circled on their depth chart um, as a guy that they are going to have to stop and, and give extra help to do so. Uh, that's going to open up some opportunities for the rest of the guys, but they're certainly a little less talented um, than, than Ogba, you know, the guy who might be a first-round draft pick next year if he chooses to leave. Uh, Jimmy Bean's a, a guy who's, you know, I think leads the defense and starters on the other edge. Another really long guy, not quite as strong, but, you know, the Cowboys like what he's brought uh, leadership-wise. And then a defensive tackle, it's going to be two guys who, who are making their first start at OSU, and, and that's, of all the positions on uh, the OSU defense, maybe the whole team, uh, that's the one that fans should be a little worried about because th- these are uh, a couple of guys who were highly touted. One of them is Vincent Taylor, who worked his way up the program and has kind of earned his spot. Uh, and then they're using Juco guy for the other spot. So those guys are going to have to, you know, do pretty well. Um, you know, they're going to have their opportunities if, if, if teams are really going to try to take Ogbo away. Um, but it's certainly a point where, you know, I don't think even Mike Gundy knows what they're going to get out of that. 
and then the linebacking core. Can you give me an idea what that's going to look like? I mean, obviously, I guess uh, Ryan Simmons is one of the best linebackers in the Big 12, and, and that's a given. Uh, who are going to fill out those other two spots? Um, you know, this is a this is one of the, the big areas of strength on this team uh, in terms of depth. Um, Gundy told us uh, a few months ago that this is really the first time in his coaching career at OSU that he's been three deep at linebacker uh, with guys that he trusts. Um, so they're definitely going to be a, a combination of guys that they use. Um, you know, they lose Josh Furman, who was drafted by the Broncos last year in the seventh round um, at their star linebacker position, which is really that, that hybrid uh, kind of cornerback linebacker spot. Um, but they got a Juco transfer in uh, Jordan Burton from Kilgore in, in Texas um, that they've just raved about. I mean, he's mm-hmm. the kind of kid who comes into camp, and it's pretty clear from the very beginning that he's going to be the starter. Um, so they like him. And, and on the other side, they got uh, Seth Jacobs, a, a guy who played pretty much every single snap last year. Um, you know, on that weak side, and, and a super athletic guy who made some pretty uh, acrobatic inter- interceptions mm-hmm. during the year, and they like him. And so behind there, like I said, you know, there's there's some backups and, and some untested underclassmen uh, who they really like, but they also trust this year to get some playing time. So even if one of those guys gets hurt, um, I think they really do like what they bring back. Yeah, looking up and down this defense, there's a lot for uh, Glenn Spencer to be excited about. Uh, the secondary is another, in my opinion, area of strength. Looking at it here, it all starts with Kevin Peterson. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Peterson is a senior guy. You know, I think uh, he's one of the media favorites just with how he interacts with us. He's very personable, very outgoing, and 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 a guy who I think has been under the radar a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of how good he is nationally. Um, you know, wasn't a Thorpe Award finalist. Um, last year, even though you know he was a guy who really shut down Kevin White at West Virginia uh, in an impressive performance, and, and did that a few times through the year. So uh, he's the really the rock of that secondary, a uh, old year for that group. And and you know beyond him though, it's it's really questionable as to who's going to be the guy at, at even both safety positions and at corner positions. But the good news for OSU, like their linebackers, they've got a lot of depth there. Um, you know, Ramon Richards took over for Ashton Lampkin when he got hurt early in the year. Um, and both those guys come back, uh, Richards being a sophomore and then Lampkin being a redshirt junior. Um, so young guys will both compete for the same position. Uh, OSU brought in a, a transfer in, in Indiana's Michael Hunter, uh, you know, who, who's going to be one the next in line is those graduate transfers for OSU who, who've been able to make it as an impact, and they really like what they see out of him. Um, at safety, you know, Jordan Stearns is a guy that they, they, they think they trust and is probably going to get one of those spots. But the other one is up in the air. Trey Flowers hasn't really nailed it down. He was the starter last year, but he was a really young guy. Um, you know, and, and what do you do? Maybe you put Richards back there at safety. You know, they've, they've got some other young guys they like. Um, so that'll kind of get itself sorted out, I think, before conference play starts. I could see them really settling on exactly who they want. Uh, but, you know, in those first three games, when you're going up against some of these weaker non-conference teams, you might as well, you know, switch it up and then see which pairings work and which ones don't and just really move from there. They, You know, they're lucky enough to have that luxury this year. And what are, uh, what are things looking like on special teams? Right. Well, you know, they, they bring back Van Grogan, who mm-hmm. was – uh, uh, you know, a sophomore this past year, and you know he really struggled his freshman year and caught a lot of flack. And even early in this past season, that had been inconsistent. But you know, by the end of the year, he was a Groza Award finalist and 
gone through a stretch where I think he made, you know, maybe double digit kicks in a row and, and a few of them for distance. And, and so they trust him back there. And, you know, at punter, um, it's going to be another untested new guy and Zach Steiner, a redshirt freshman. And, and they like him. Uh, you know, he's a guy where, uh, they've talked a lot about his ability to kick directional punts, which is, you know, something that obviously is important when you're at this level. And, and in the return game, I mean, who knows? They got a ton of young guys and run fast and, and have experience. Uh, you know, David Glidden's going to be back uh-huh. there, another guy I'd mentioned earlier. Um, but, you know, losing Tyree Kill is a huge blow uh, in that return game because, uh, you know, even, you know, on the offense as well, we had mentioned at the start, but, you know, just watching some some film recently of him, uh, you know, it would have been real interesting to see how much he could have developed in year two at this level um, and just how much he could do for this team this year. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, the schedule is, is definitely uh, pretty favorable for the Pokes. Uh, give us an idea. I mean, what's going to be a successful year for this team, and and do you think that they can compete for the Big Twelve title? You know, it's that's a good question. You know, with with all our preseason writing, and I've been able to watch a few practices and, and kind of take it all in. Um, you know, if I think if you're if you're a betting man and, and you want to make some money and on Vegas, I mean, I think the over under is seven and a half wins for this team. Um, but just based on the schedule, you know, they get all their heavy hitters at home late in the year and PCU, Baylor, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, even getting Kansas State at home. Um, you know, those are just, you get those games at home and you figure you're going to have a more favorable outcome than you would if you had to travel. Um, you know, the non-conference is easy. I think seven and a half, is, I think eight is, is a lock for this team. Um, you know, in, in our preseason predict predictions, um, I had them uh, winning 10 games this season, uh, you know, with uh, the losses. Uh, being at home to Baylor, home to TCU, and then I, I think when they go to West Virginia, it's going to be real tough. Um, and then obviously Bedlam is, is always a toss-up. You know, I, I, I take them to win, but would not be surprised one way or the other if they lost. Uh, being with how crazy these games have been the past yeah. few years, so um, you know, I, I think if, if they get to ten wins, I think that's going to be a number that they'll be real proud of. Um, you know, but you know, like I said before, if, if Rudolph is the guy that a lot of people think he is, if they get a couple, you know, stars to emerge on offense, I don't think there's any reason that they can't contend when you know they get Baylor at home. You know, TCU might be a little bit of a reach, um, but you know, this, this is a team that certainly has the pieces if everything works right. Um, it has the look of a team that could contend. Yeah, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, you know, Gundy's a very, very good coach, and they've. Uh, got so much back from last year and the, when they finished so strongly so anyway uh well kyle i've uh, i've kept you too long man but uh i really appreciate it. let everybody know uh, what kind of stuff you guys are working on for the season start and where they can find every all your uh, all your work right you know well uh you know you can follow me on twitter kyle frederickson with with all the osu news that uh, we're, we're pumping out here lately you know we're, we're plugging away on our pre-season football special section that we put together. Um, it'll have a ton of OSU and OU content. Um, and the theme of it this year is going to be uh, the air raid. We're really analyzing the offenses of both these teams uh, with OU bringing in Lincoln Riley and some of the things the Cowboys are doing um, offensively this year. So there's going to be a ton of great content um, You know that's all going on the web at newsok.com um, and every day uh, in the Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, and you've been doing uh, some more work also with Ryan and Jason on the uh, podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, those are good guys. You know, it's uh, we're, we're trying to find kind of that that you know medium balance of OSU and OU stuff, and those guys are have been on their podcast game for a while now. So yeah. uh, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm sure I'll be uh, hopping on with them soon. Awesome, awesome. Well, again, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us, man. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. And thank you all for joining us too for the Blatant Homers and Podcast. I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. <laughs>